0: instead of from the treetop down he developed charlie horses from overexertion so he only got a c in climbing and a d in running now the eagle the eagle was the problem child he was severely disciplined for being a nonconformist in climbing he beat all the others to the top of the tree but he insisted on using his own way to get there now just like those animals each of us has a unique style a unique approach to how we do life and Just like in the story, God made every one of us differently. And If we try to be someone we're not, then we're being much less than actually what God designed us to be. And if you want to make the most of the way God designed you, if you want to not have to be frustrated or disappointed or feel like mediocre, then you've got to pay attention to how God designed you, and you've got to learn how to make the most of it. And so if you open up your outline today, we'll get started on talking a little bit about how it is that you and I are uniquely styled. Uh, first thing that we want to discover today, it's the first thing we need to know if we want to know, make the most of our style, is what is my style? So we've got to discover God's love for many different styles. I'm convinced that God loves variety. He loves how everyone is made differently. And uh, check out this video. kind of highlights that exact thing. So indeed, God made every one of us unique. And that's just physically. How much God loves variety just physically when he mixes up your DNA. And uh, the Bible talks to this. It speaks of how much God loves wonderful variety and complexity. And uh, a guy who wrote about this, his name was David. Um, He was actually once king of the nation of Israel. If you've ever been a person who feels like, I don't always have it together. I don't always get everything right. Or maybe even feel like, yeah, sometimes I just get picked last. I don't feel like, and maybe I have what it takes. You can relate to David. He was actually, the, when they were choosing the king, they went through every one of his brothers before they chose him and were kind of surprised that he would be the guy that God would want anyway. And he lived his life, and he messed up a lot. He was over the top in his personal style sometimes, and he did things he shouldn't have. But here's the thing. God made him that way, and David learned to appreciate. God made me this way on purpose, and I need to make the most of it. Here's what David said about the way God made each of us. Psalms 139, verses 13 through 15. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. God has had his eye on you and how he wanted to make you from before you were ever born, before you were in the womb, God designed you, has had your personal style and the way he made you in mind. Think about the fact that all of our DNA is so incredibly unique. You know, I have twins. They're actually what, we, what people commonly refer to as identical twins, monozygotic twins. It means their DNA, the mix, their DNA, what went in the pot, the same. They're actually mirrored twins, so when the eggs split, they mirrored each other. The chromosomes line up to mirror each other. So they're different in some unique ways too. But here's the thing. No matter how their DNA is mixed, both of them are incredibly unique. They have different personalities. They have different ways. And even though there are some things that are very similar, like I call home on the phone and I can't tell who's answering the phone. Their voices are so similar on the phone. It's kind of embarrassing as a parent, right? To say like, who am I talking to? (laughs) Who is this that I, you know? But that's just the way God made them. And yet. They are incredibly unique in their personal styles, wonderfully complex. God has this incredible variety. Every one of you is incredibly unique. And when I looked it up on Wikipedia, you know there's more than 25 unique ways of assessing personality, 25 different well-known ones at least because Wikipedia listed at least that many. Many some of you have taken some of them like Myers-Briggs or like the kiersey Tepperman assessment. Um, Some of them you might be less familiar with, like the Bugs Bunny inkblot assessment. Have you ever seen that one? You're like, carrot, carrot, carrot. It's definitely a bunny. Um, There's also this one. You might want to give this to one of your friends. It might be maybe your spouse or one of your friends that you want to have this one. It's called the Multiphasic Personality Inventory. It was created in the 1930s to test to see if people were likely to become psychopaths. So, if you just want to know, like, you don't have to tell them up front, I'm giving you this assessment, but might be a good indicator. Hey, God made everyone different, and it's really cool to know how we're different. And So, today, we're going to talk about that, and today, I have a good friend, um, Scott Weaver. Scott Weaver, um, we have taught this for a lot, of ta- a lot of years, so I don't know how much you're going to learn, but we're going to have a lot of fun teaching it to you. Hopefully, you'll learn along the way, and Scott has not only been my friend for a long time, but actually one of the founding elders of our church some 14 years ago. You were younger back then. A lot younger. We all were. Anyway, he's also really, he's also smart. He's a PhD, so you can call him Dr. Weaver or not. Just not late for dinner. Just not late for dinner. <laughs> or the party. <laughs> he, he leads a lot of our global missions trips, and so you're gonna, we're just going to have a lot of fun today talking a little bit about these assessments.
1: Okay, there are actually 26 assessments because we're going to do the Weaver assessment. <laughs> I got some things before we actually do another assessment. I want to see a little bit about who you are. So first thing I would like you to do is turn to your neighbor and tell them what you had for breakfast. Interesting. That told me something. Okay. The next thing I want you to do, on the count of three, I want you to shout your first name. One. Two, three. Oh man, O'Day. Let's. uh, Uh, On the count of three, I would like you to shout your first name. (laughs) One, two, three. Sean. That was better. That told me something both of those times. Uh, The third thing I would like you to do. Those of you who can, move up. Interesting. (laughs) We don't have all day. Those of you who can, move up. By the way, I am assessing you as we're doing these things, so just <laughs> let you know. Okay. The last. Yeah. The last thing I would like you to do is take your outline and rip it in half.
0: It's folded. <laughs> did you hear it? What? <laughs> what did? What did he just say?
1: That was an assessment idea. Okay.
0: I know some of you are. Some just of waiting you are having out. too much
1: fun doing that.
0: Some of you are waiting him out. He will give up. Okay. So. All right. We're going to get back to that.
1: Okay. So, but we have another assessment that we would like you to do. We want to help you discover a little bit about who you are. We're not going to take the Myers-Briggs, because that's a really long test. It's kind of really detailed. I enjoy that, learning about that kind of stuff with others. But um, take out the yellow sheet. This is a really quick, and we'll give you some idea, really quick idea about who you are. So take out uh, the yellow sheet. Look for the side that says personality assessment. Personality assessment, Scott. It has four columns. Okay. That's the one we're going to start with. What I want you to do is to read through all of the words, circle the words that describe you. Now, we're only going to give you three minutes. So you have to first gut reaction, think about who you are as you're reading the words, circle the words that describe you. Go. What I'd like you to do now is count the circles in each column and write the total of the number of circles in the column at the bottom of the column, and we'll tell you what that means in a minute.
0: Now, some of you, as you've been circling those words and going down through, actually, it was kind of fun to watch some of you guys, like the spouses, were like telling their <laughs> spouse, other spouse, here's what you should circle. Uh, it was kind of fun to watch. We'll talk about more about that in a minute, too. Um, some of you circled words, and you probably went, ooh, I like that, or you know, you looked over, it's another column, and you went, but I wish I was more of that, or I wish I was more of that, or you just know from your own personality type, like you saw things on there, and the word you saw became something else in your mind, like you saw like takes charge, and you thought, well, I could be a control freak, and I don't like that about myself, or you looked at that, and went, you know, they saw the words, in there, and you're like, ah, I wish I, was, I wish I was better in conflict, or I wish, I wish I wasn't so wishy-washy in this place, or I wish I was more detailed, that would really Helpful to me. And the place to start as we discover our style, if we really want to praise God with it, if we want this to be a place where we say, Yes, God, thank you for making me the way I am, just like David, then we have to start with accepting our style. To go, God, you gave me this style. This is a gift to me. And so I accept this style, I embrace it. It's mine, it's the one that you've given it to me uniquely. In Psalms uh, 139, 14 in the New International Version, it says it this way, and I would like, now you guys probably got it all filled out there, I want you to, let's read this together out loud, okay? Here we go. I praise praise you because because I am fearfully fearfully and wonderfully wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. wonderful. I know that full well. well. Your style is a gift from God. It's how you relate to others. It's it's kind of the, how you relate to others and really the world, and it's the way you season the world, the way you bless them, the, the flair that you bring to other people, it comes through your style. It's unique to you and only to you. Sometimes, though, we get a little confused with our style. You know, we, we make that thought about like, oh, I don't like this, maybe I'm over the top of this way or I wish I was another way, because we get our style confused with our character. Okay, these are two different things. Our character, your character, is really, it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And if you come to Jesus, your character is not your character. It's actually, how much is my soul becoming like the character of God? It is the work of the Holy Spirit in you to help you have good character. And when he does that, you become a masterpiece. You see, your, your style is something that God gives to you, but your character is the gift you give to others. It's when your style comes through your character in an incredible way, in a way that you say, you know, if you want to measure your character, you measure how well do I love others through my style. That's what God wants you to learn how to do, is love others well through your style.
1: God has made each of us on purpose. Your personality, the way God has styled you, he did it exactly on purpose. And yet, a lot of times, we tend to think, oh, I wish I was more like that. I wish I wasn't like this. And we're basically telling God, you made a mistake. You were wrong in what you did. Now, my mom, when I'd talk to her on the phone, she, and I would start talking about, you know, I, I can't, I'm not that way. I, 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 you know, I start complaining about who I am. She would say, Scott, stop. Scripture says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So as long as you keep telling yourself lies about who God made you, or you keep telling yourself God is wrong in how he made you, you can't be the most that God created. You can't be the best you that God created you to be. So it's really important not only to uh, learn who God made you to be, because there is a, a really close connection between your personality and character. In fact, if you think about it, we're talking about character now in alleviating sin and becoming more like Jesus. But character, we talked about character traits. So even the word is kind of pretty close to both both. We talk about character as personal style, and we talk about bad characteristics. So sometimes it's really confusing. But God made you. That's kind of the rub. How did God make you? Rejoice and glory. Thank you, Lord, for making me that way. Accept that. In fact, a lot of our problems tend to stem from saying, lies about who God made us to be. So if you have that kind of a problem, that's a whole nother series. But if you have that kind of a problem, in the morning, I challenge you for a week, when you get up in the morning and you're brushing your teeth, looking in the mirror, doing whatever, and you're looking in the mirror, read this scripture. Tell God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Those characteristics, I wish I had blonde hair. 6%? Really?
0: I just wish I had hair. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> Whatever, OK.
1: <laughs> so, but, but honestly, really thank God for how he's made you to be, because he made you on purpose. That's what David was saying. Even all his quirks, God made him on purpose. Except that God made you on purpose and figure out what that means. So let's talk a little bit about what this means, okay? So what I'd like you to do is circle the top two numbers. And we're going to first take a look at the top number, the highest, that is. Flip it over, and you'll notice there's four quadrants, Look for the column that was your highest. That is your personality. Now, we're talking about personalities in terms of animals today because, by the way, I love this assessment because it's quick and it actually, when you think about the the animal, you can get a lot of the characteristics of that animal, of that person. (laughs) Okay? So let's take a look at it, for example a lion. Think about a lion. Powerful. Strong, driven.
2: Harry.
0: You're a lion. You're not Harry. I know. Really? I'm discontent about yeah,
1: that. Yeah, okay. So let's take a look at some of the, the characteristics of a lion. Take charge. Problem solver. Actually enjoys conflict. You know, that's that's who lions are. Those of you who how many of you are lions? Really? Some of you that are lions are going. Really? I'm not going to raise my hand. You're, I'm, not, I'm not in control right now, so I'm not going to do it.
0: You're um, the boss of me.
1: Yeah, that's confrontational. I mean, that's, that's who you, God made you to be. That's not wrong. That's your style. Okay? But you need some things as a lion. You need opportunities to take charge. You need opportunities to solve problems, to, to use what you know to come to solutions for different things. So you need that. You need to be in control. How many of you lions have ever been in a situation where you're in a group, you're the last person in the group, or maybe you're a newbie to the group, and it's not really functioning really well, and it drives you nuts? You go, I, I'm going to take over because this just doesn't work. That's who God made you to be. Now, it may not be right to take over the group, but that's side of the point. <laughs> So, But you like challenging activities. That's, that's what lions are. That's who God made you to be. Now, just like our personality and character are pretty closely related, you can allow your character to cause you to sin. That's where you have to really be careful. So as a lion, what are some things that help you keep balance? The first thing is be soft. Think about, i got to be more s- soft in my addressing of other people. Unless you know there are other lions. Then, man, have at it, okay? <laughs> We That's like great. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, you know what needs to be done. You are driven. You want to get there. But you have to listen to people. That's some things that you can work on. Softer with, uh, with others, listen so that
0: you can actually get their feedback. And then do things the way you want, anyway. So yeah, it's, You know, it's, as a lion, it, you know, if you are a lion, one of the good ways to coach yourself, too, is you know, if you're a problem solver, you want to solve the problem, so you want to know what the problem is, and you want to get the right solution. If you're a lion, just remind yourself, the truth always comes to bear eventually, so just let other people come along. They'll come to your answer eventually, okay? But let them have some time, because you want the right answer anyway. Learn how to ask questions. Learn how to slow yourself down a little bit. Now, there's also this great second type is otters. Now, if you're an otter, let's hear it. If you're an otter.
1: Woo! Yeah. How many animals can actually eat off of their belly?
0: Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Cool. Otters love to have fun. Let the party begin when the otter gets there. It is going to be great fun. By the way, the
1: otters were the ones that, oh, there's going to be a party. Let's move up front. I know,
0: right? Right, Suze? I noticed. I like otters so much. I love them. So I married one. And I chose one as one of my greatest friends. So otters are a lot of fun to have around. If you take yourself too seriously, get an otter around you. They will have great fun mocking you even. Amen. Yeah, so otters are great. I'll do that with a lion. Uh mock them all day. (laughs) Yeah, they don't hurt my feelings when they mock me because I know they're wrong. So animals, otters, otters are party animals. They love to bring levity to the situation that's around them. They are optimistic. They are, like, energetic and motivators. They help people get to where they need to go and have fun doing it the whole time. Um, And otters are these kind of people, too, who, like, they, they have some needs. Their needs are, like, if you're an otter, you need to be approved of, right? You need to be validated for being an otter, and it's okay for you to have fun. Otters are also people who love visibility, so they love it being up front. Like, you love being the center of the attention and being able to tell the joke, you know. If you know, as any of you know and are familiar with Pastor Joel, you know how he loves uh, a Gettysburg Pike. You go to that campus, man. He gets on a roll of telling jokes, and you're, he forgets that there was even a sermon to preach because he's having so much fun telling all his jokes, right? Everybody's laughing. They're having a good time. That's a natural thing for an otter. But this is also natural, right? If you know an otter, lots of this, lots of verbalization, you know. Everybody else in the room is like, ooh, could you snow down right? Like, that happens. I'm a lion otter. I get it. Like, I take charge, and then I talk too much, right? I was, we were actually in a meeting the other day with our Good hoop Road uh, people, and we were talking about personality, and it was funny because Laura, who's my assistant, actually chimed and asked her a question. She was like, well, had you not been talking over me earlier, you would know that, and we all just rolled and howled because it was exactly what we're like. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, otters, otters, here's ways that you can balance yourself. Make sure you don't go over the top. That's too much of a good thing. Still too much. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Um, otters can be, need to be attentive to others' needs. Make sure that you're not just focusing all that energy on all that attention so it feeds you so much that you forget that there are other people in the room who like to have a chance to talk, to you, who have needs themselves, and need an opportunity, need some quiet space to think or to express themselves. Um, and it's possible that you could be too optimistic. Like, Over the top optimism. Like, for example, I've gone on trips with this guy before, and he, he, like, we we went to Cambodia, and he comes up to me and he hands me this fruit thing, and he says, Hey, you know what? Try this thing. This thing is awesome. And and so, I don't know why I just didn't even trust him, but here I am. We've been friends for a long time. I stick this thing in my mouth. It is like the worst tasting thing I've ever had. Like, you scrape your tongue. I cannot
1: help that your taste buds are screwed up. Two Clearly. percent of the population—it's been studies have been shown that don't like that fruit. Two you, percent. And you just values. made
0: that up. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> we,
1: whatever. But yeah. but we're not we're not overly optimistic. We just don't look the long term. So we oh yeah, this is going to be fun, and we don't go okay if I do this, then this happens, then this happens, then oops. You know, <laughs> we don't do that. So you know we need others around us, but to help us to look ahead, not, anyway. Golden Retrievers, how many Golden Retrievers? Aw. Sorry, I was looking at the picture. Yeah, you guys, (laughs) I'll say aw to you too. Golden Retrievers, these are the people that you want as a friend. Golden Retrievers are loyal. They're great friends. They listen. They're attentive to you. Um, they, They are peacemakers, they like things when they're calm, which when there's a lion around, that's really hard. <laughs> um, they, they don't like change. They like, uh, a better way of putting it, they like routine. Okay? So um, as, as a golden retriever, you need emotional security. Okay? You're sensitive. The type of person that God made you to be is you're sensitive. So a lot of times... You can be hurt by others, not because they intended you to be hurt, but because you're more sensitive than others to that relational conflict. So be aware of that. You need uh, agreeable environments, and you do need challenging activities. But as a whole, you're steady, stable, and the best people to have friends. Now, as all of these the thing that will help you balance who God made you to be without slipping into actually starting to sin and and your character is, first of all, say no. Learn how to say no. How many golden retrievers again? Okay, I want you to practice. We're going to say no together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three, no.
0: Isn't it ironic you guys, that you, you said You should no? have not done it because you're. They should couldn't have... help themselves. You told you them to say I no. Did, yeah. I can't say no. <laughs> so,
1: well, so. The practice was really you should have shut up, but that's <laughs> beside the point. So, uh, and, and also the other thing that you need to to know, accept the fact that you are sensitive, and realize that when somebody hurts you, catch yourself, and realize, okay, I'm I'm overly sensitive. Let me work through that. Let God temper that so that you can look at the other person and, okay, that person's a lion. They didn't even think about ripping my head off. That's what a lion does. I mean, you think about the lion. The zebra's not going to say, oh, why did you rip my head off? You know, that's what a lion does. <laughs> Again, the lion has to be balanced and listen to the golden retriever, but... Again, if you're married and you think about who you're married to, if you're a golden retriever especially, it's not intentional. That's the thing I I hope that you can wrap your mind around. God has made us different. And just because the other person doesn't function like you do doesn't give you the right to say you should function like me. So you have to really
0: balance that. As a golden retriever, you have this great gift to give, being sensitive, because it, the truth is that, well, the lion, the lion was just trying to get something done, yeah. and in doing that, he probably did run over top of you, but he doesn't know it. Well, he or she, they don't know it. So don't, even though everything in you says don't confront, don't tell them, tell them. They want to know. You might have to find a different way to tell them, but they, they really want to know, like, oh, I didn't even know that I said it that way. They might even act like they don't agree with you and you're wrong at first, but most most times, they really do hear that. And you have this great gift to give to people around you, too, in creating that harmony and helping them see, like, hey, that, doesn't, that creates too much. You're way over the top there. Can you dial it back a notch? Um, now, there's also this last type uh, that we're going to talk about today, and that's the beavers, right? Um,
1: nice!
0: Wow. That doesn't look like a beaver. That doesn't. But, man, I wish my hair was like that. <laughs> Anyway, the beavers. The beavers are awesome, right? Because what do beavers, what are are beavers known for?
2: Right, what's that?
0: Busy, right? Busy, building things, right? Like if you want a dam built, which animal do you ask? You ask the beaver, right? They get it done. It's going to work. And The beavers are the people who make our life actually work. And I know that some of you, like how many of you guys are beavers? Let me tell you what you were thinking when you took this assessment is this assessment really accurate? Like how accurate can it really be to identify who I am? Then you know you're a beaver, right? Like the beavers are the people in the world that make the world go round like the rest of us The lions would build bridges that would last for about a week because they got over it. They're happy now. Someone else falls in the water. I guess they shouldn't have gone across the bridge, right? The otters, they are having a party the whole time. and They convinced everybody just to wade through the water. And the the golden retrievers are like, go across the water. Why are we going across the water? We have everybody right here. Let's just have a good time here, right? And the, the beavers are the ones who say, let's build a bridge that actually works and lasts for a long time, one that people can trust, right? This is... This is what beavers do. Beavers are great at being analytical. They're great at quality. They love things to be done well. They ask a lot of good questions. They are discerning. They are accurate. They love, they have needs, right? Their needs, if you're a beaver, you love exactness. You have a desire to have quality and things to be done really well. But as a part of it, one of the ways that you can temper and make sure you're not going overboard on that is just know you know what? When you're supporting someone, when you come alongside a project or you're being a part of it, you don't need the total picture all the time. You don't have to have all the details just to get started. You're going to have to talk yourself down off the ledge sometimes because the rest of us, when you just ask her questions, like when the otter tells the great story he's telling them and he's telling about when something happened to you, go, "Um, no, 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 that was actually July 8th at 4 p.m. You said it was the 7th. That's not right. Like, You're killing the otter story, right? Because embellishment is their great way of telling it. The the point is to tell the story, not to have the details right. So just know that there are good times for you to bring up those questions, and they can be a gift. And there are also times to just go, "Mm, that wasn't wrong. I'll just write it down. (laughs) Tell them about it later. You know, because you're going to bring a gift to the project. So as whatever type of animal you are, whoever you are, know that God gave you your style.
1: Yeah, we're trying to help you put, wrap your mind around the fact that we are—we're different—and we kind of acknowledge that headwise. But when we actually get into relationships, we get hurt or we hurt others, and we're not sure why. And, and I hope that we can wrap our heads around how God has created you, and to accept how God has created you, so that you can help work with others around you.
0: Right, accepting your style is going to make—it's going to help you make the most of what God's given you, and uh, part of that is also not just accepting it, but learning how to affirm others.
1: You, you got the rest, the, a lot of the, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. All right, see ya.
0: Um, you coming back?
1: Yeah, I, th- I have to do something. Well, here, get me some uh, sugar in there, too. Please. Sugar, yeah. okay.
0: Milk? No, just, just sugar, and don't get distracted out there. Okay, okay? come back. Okay, otters. Um, so... If you really want to accept, you got to accept your who you are. But what's going to really help you kind of take a next step, and you'll do this naturally once you accept who you are, is learn how to affirm others' differences. And as you affirm others' differences, you will give them this great gift. My aunt Joy, actually my Susie's aunt Joy, um, Pastor Rick's mom, um, when she was when she was at Daybreak before she passed away, she would counsel people in marriage, and she'd always say this: Differences are facts. Not false, differences are facts, not false. When we can see others' differences as facts, not false, we begin to accept them and acknowledge that God did something really good with them. Now I know that you can be over the top of things. You know, when my when my uh, brother and I were young, my my brother was like four years older, and so. He wore my parents down sufficiently enough that I could do things that he couldn't at my age, right? So I would get to do something that he couldn't, and he'd be, like, complaining, like, how come he gets to do that at that age? And, of course, as the consummate younger brother, I would say, because I'm special, right? And his comeback was always, yeah, well, there's all sorts of special. And um, he was right, right? Every style, every person comes with strengths and weaknesses. And by knowing that, it changes the landscape, helps us understand how to interact. So how do we interact with other people? How do we learn something about this? Well, the Apostle Paul, who was a very strong personality, he learned how to work with others. God taught him a lot. He actually had to write multiple letters. You know, he wrote 1 Corinthians first time, and then he wrote 2 Corinthians to apologize. Say, a little over the top last time, I think I went overboard. Let me tell you what I really meant, because you guys are, now I've directed you the wrong direction. So know that your personality type is huge in this thing. So this is what he says in Romans 15, 7. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. When we accept each other, just like Christ accepts us, he didn't make you be perfect before you came to him. He didn't make you have your act all together. He accepted you and then led you on a life-changing journey. The same way we are to accept each other, and scripture says that when we accept each other, Paul says, you learn to do this, You'll actually bring praise to God. It actually honors God when you learn to accept each other. fact is, if you get aware of your weaknesses and your strengths, you'll learn how to depend on others more. You'll learn how others can come around and really compliment you and make everything a little bit better. You'll learn how to lean not just on others but lean on God because, like Scott said, like your character traits, when they go overboard, they can become sin. And so you'll learn how to lean on God and say, God, keep me from that. Have mercy on me. Teach me the right way to go. Point is, we all need to learn how to relate to each other. Paul says it this way in Ephesians, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Uh, Well, welcome back. Um, (laughs) T? Shocking. Never trust an otter with that kind of work. Uh, Yeah, it's in your notes. Made a plan, remember? Like
1: like we've been talking about, a lot of times we rub each other wrong. And it's important to acknowledge that and realize that. For example, our the previous Weaver assessment. I forgot I turned it off because I went to the bathroom. (laughs) Hold it for two
0: seconds. Mm, I think I'm turning it on and off. Oh, way to go. You feel awkward right now?
1: (laughs) Help us out here.
0: I think it's on now. Thanks, Brian. Sorry. Apologize
1: for that. That's my fault. <laughs> okay, like I was saying, <laughs> we, we have conflict with one another. Like the Weaver assessment at the beginning, there were some of you that really had a hard time, number one, moving up. Number two, ripping that thing in half. Okay, Some of you, th- that really caused you some angst. Because how can I put this in my notebook that I'm keeping pristine with all of my outlines if it's ripped in half. Right, Mel? (laughs) So although Mel's an otter, she did it anyway, because it was going to be fun. Um, But how many of you had fun with that assessment at the beginning? Okay, there's the otters in, in the group. The rest of you are probably angry at me for one thing or another. But we have to think about how we interact with each other. Think about uh, the people in your life. When you get hurt by them, don't immediately assume they have motive to hurt you. That might not be true at all, especially if you're somebody like, I I, I keep talking about golden retrievers and lions because they're they're probably the, the lions cause the golden retrievers the most angst. Because lions, they're confrontational, they like conflict, And that's the worst thing for a golden retriever. So golden retrievers can tend to feel like, you're just, you're on my case all the time. You're you're damaging who I am. And it's because you don't like me. You hate me. And that's not true at all. That's not true. It's who God made them to be. So if you can wrap your mind around this and understand that God made different personalities and they don't function or think the same as you. In fact, here's something that you can do. Think about people in your life and think about who they might be. Take this list and kind of think, are they a lion, otter, golden retriever, beaver? And then ask God, how can I affirm them in who you made them to be? So for example, for for a, a lion, going up to a lion and saying stuff like, oh, you dress well. Really? Who cares? <laughs> As a lion, really? Now, a golden retriever might think, "Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Let's sit and have some coffee and chat." Um, but a <laughs> lion, a lion, what? Problem solver, take charge, competitive, enjoys challenge. So, encourage them that way. Think about what they have done, and say, "You know, I, I, I'm glad you took on that challenge. You did a great job solving that problem." Those kinds of things encourage. And affirm a lion. What about an otter? Oh, just anything. You know. In fact, public would be great. <laughs> Scott, you're great. Well, thank you. I, think, you know, we're just good. If if you can affirm who they are as a person, and and don't stifle. I mean, because a lot of times otters get the the brunt of. Would you please settle down? <laughs> See, at Messiah, I'm on some med- committees. And, and I believe it's my task at Messiah to bring levity to all meetings. <laughs> that's my job because meetings are moving on. Okay. <laughs> the beavers are like, would you shut up? We're trying to get things done. The lions are like, yeah, would you shut up? We're trying to get things done. The beavers, oh, but this isn't accurate. You're, you're, you know. So, And I'm making fun, but that's who God made you to be. So for an otter, encouraging, thank you for bringing levity to that. That was awesome. Golden retrievers, they're steady. Don't bring up a golden retriever. If you're a pure golden retriever, bringing them up on stage and, uh, oh, mm, please don't do that, okay? They want you to be, uh, remember, they, they want emotional security. They want steadiness. They don't like change. So if you go to them and thank you for being a good friend. Thank you for sticking with me. That's the kind of thing that, that motivates and encourages a golden retriever. Beavers, accurate. Telling a beaver, thank you so much for being accurate and for having those things calculated correctly. I really appreciate that. Those are, so think about the people around you. Now, you are a mix. We told you to circle two, the top two. So you're a mix. And sometimes it's really painful if you're a lion golden retriever.
0: Because you're hurting
1: yourself, you know. It's just,
0: that's the way it is. You probably have to take the multi-phasic exam. Probably.
1: But the, sorry for those of you who are. I just (laughs) hurt your feelings. But um, the most powerful force in the universe is a lion beaver. How many lion beavers do we have? There we go. Uh The most powerful force in the universe, because you have drive, you have problem-solving abilities, and you have the details to back it all up. So that's, that's a powerful combination. Otters, golden retrievers. There's some back there. Where's Dan? Dan's not here. Otters, golden retrievers. Let's have fun, please. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, but we're a mix and it's wonderful. So think about who people God's put around you and affirm them for who they are. Affirm based on how they can see and accept. Talk their language think about how you can speak their language and affirm them.
0: That's right. That's why the scripture over and over tells us, encourage one another like in Hebrews, encourage one another as long as the day is called today. Because God knows that we all need to affirm each other. And probably most of you grew up in a family like mine where it wasn't always affirmed right in front of you. Like sometimes my parents tell people, other people, I hear from them like, oh, your parents were telling me how proud they are of you the other day. you are like, really? Huh? You know, but we don't always do it to each other. You might not have grown up in a family like that, but in God's family, it's important. It's important because it is a blessing to other people when we affirm them. We speak it out loud. You know, this, uh, when I was preparing for my sabbatical a few years ago, uh, one of my assignments for one of my trips was to go ask a couple people, interview them, how do you experience me? How do I bless you? And uh, it was incredible to hear some of that feedback. Well, so I asked Scott, who's one of the people that I interviewed, And he said a couple things. I wrote them down because they were important to
1: me. I don't remember what I said.
0: Well, it was good. Let me listen in. So here we go. First, he said, you challenge me. You, You build a good kind of trust. You challenge in a way that's not painful. But you challenge me, and you take time to really know me and help me go on. He said, you are determined. You're determined to wrestle with God, to never give up in your pursuit of Jesus and faith. Who does that sound like? It sounds like a lion, doesn't it? It sounds like a great blessing. See, God gave you a style, and he gave it to you on purpose. The other day I was writing in my journal, I realized um, I can be good at a lot of things. I could probably be a good dad. could probably be a good pastor. But there's only one thing that I can really be the best at, the greatest, the best that there ever was, and that's Sean. I can be the very best Sean that has ever lived, and it's probably the only thing that I can be so excellent at, better than anyone else. And it's the only thing that God will hold me accountable to when I see Him. How were you at being Sean? In the same way, all of you can be the very best version of you. You Make the most of your style. Being the best version of you. Do you remember the story of the school of animals earlier? The duck and the squirrel and all of those different animals? God made you a duck. Why are you running? Swim. Because God made you to swim, so swim like mad. If you're a lion, then learn how to do it well. Learn how to move things along and be determined and give that gift to others and problem solve. If you're an otter, celebrate the fact that you bring fun and people like to have fun. It brings joy to people. If you're a golden retriever, know that you have this great gift to bring of steadiness and bringing this gift of harmony and relationships and listening to people well. You're a great friend. And if you're a beaver, be the best beaver you can. Be excellent at those details. Pull those things off well. Help others on that journey. Whatever you are, celebrate. And so here's my challenge for you this week. You want to pull a response card, pull out this response card out of your program guide. I want to challenge you to something. Here's what I think. I think That when you affirm others, according to Psalms 139, according to the passage we read from Romans, when you affirm someone else, you bring praise to God. It becomes an act of worship to affirm someone else's style. And in doing so, you'll celebrate your own. God, thank you for making me the way I am when I affirm someone else. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about a person in your life that you could affirm. You could tell them, based on what you guess about their style and who they are, now that you know that, you could tell them, thank you for giving this strength. Thank you for being this way. Who is that in your life? Maybe it's someone who drives you a little crazy. Maybe it's someone who you work with. Maybe it's your spouse or your kids. Who is it that you could affirm? And I want you to write their name down this week because I want to be able to pray for you in this. That God will use you to bless someone great to bring and worship to his name because you bless someone by affirming them. So take that as an assignment this week, a challenge to affirm someone else and to bring glory from God. Let's pray for a minute. Lord Jesus, I want to say thank you. You have made every single one of us unique. You've given each one of us a unique style, whether we're lions, otters, beavers, golden retrievers, or some combination thereof. We are wonderfully comfortable marvelously made. So make us into masterpieces, people who follow you and make the most of our styles by being the best us we can be, by affirming others and praising you for the way you've made us this week. In Jesus' name.
2: More than the songs I sing Worship is everything